ends of the earth in your word and to the ends of the world, O God. And in them have you set a tabernacle for the son who's going forth uh, is as a bridegroom cometh out of his chamber and rejoices as a strong man to run a race who's going forth is to the ends of the earth in the circuit uh, unto the ends thereof and there's nothing hidden from the heat of it, O God. You said the Lord, the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and do it forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and they're righteous altogether. They're more to be desired than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Oh God, I thank you, Jesus, for your word today. I thank you, Lord God, for the calm assurance of your promises. Always yes and amen. I thank you, Lord, that we can stand on your promises of truth, O oh God. I thank you for the wisdom and knowledge of God this morning, O oh Lord. Give us instructions, O oh God. Give us guidance. Give us directions. Order our steps, God, according to your word. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that your presence is with us, O oh God. It's like heaven to us, O oh God. You said where two or three are gathered together in your name, you're there in the midst of us, O oh God. And I'm thankful for your presence that we feel in this place, oh God. I'm thankful for the opportunity to intercede for my brothers and sisters that, that are sick in body, oh God. Those that are not here, I'm thankful that I have a chance, God, to intercede for the backsliders today, oh God. I am thankful, Lord God, that I have an opportunity to call their names to you, oh God. I'm thankful, Lord God, that you let me see this day, oh God. I am so thankful. Oh, God, for what you do day by day. I know you hear us, oh, God, and I'm thankful that you have a tentative ear, and I'm thankful that your eyes are watching us, oh, God. I am thankful, oh, God, again today for the blessings of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for everything today, oh, God. I'm thankful, Lord God. I'm thankful, Lord Jesus, today, Lord, that I am in a nation that I can worship you, Lord. I am thankful, Lord God, that I have clothes to put on my body. I'm thankful that I have water to drink this morning. I'm thankful, Lord God, that I don't have to worry right now, oh God, about the war-torn nation, oh God. I am thankful, Lord God, for my children and grandchildren today, oh God. I'm thankful, Lord, that they're serving you. I am thankful, Lord. Lord God, for my wife, oh God, I am thankful, Lord God, for all her love for you, Lord. I am thankful, Lord, for everything this day, Lord. The brothers and sisters of Christ in this place, oh God, around the world, I am thankful, Lord, that we can be a part of your kingdom today. I'm thankful for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful that I've been baptized in your name. I'm thankful, Lord God. That you have called me out of darkness to the marvelous light. I am thankful that you've chosen me to serve on your team, oh God. I am thankful, Lord Jesus, for everything that you do, Lord God. I'm thankful, oh God, that we have schools that our children can learn in. I'm thankful, Lord God, for jobs for your people, Lord. I am thankful for the cars that they have to drive, Lord. I am thankful. Just so thankful, Lord God, for all that you do, God. Seen and unseen, I am just so thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, 
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I praise you, God. Thank you, Lord, that I have ability to clap my hands to you, oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord, that I have a chance to lift my hands in praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Such a mighty God we serve. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have everyone again in the house of the Lord. Amen. I just want to be thankful. Amen. For everything that God does for us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother DeMuth, could you help me with our discipleship offering this morning? Father, I pray that you bless this discipleship offering. Touch your people. God, continue to bless the works of the Lord in this house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we want to get right back into our lesson. We're still pounding core values. Amen. We're going to stick with core values for a while, maybe a long while. (laughs) Amen. Because, you know, like I was saying last week, you know, every organization is centered around these values. And that's why, you know, when you look at our core values, you know, apostolic doctrine, apostolic unity, apostolic identity, apostolic ministry, and apostolic worship, you know, the organizations is built around this. And I think I was sharing with you last week uh, about TRADOP. The, the Army has a whole organization that's called the Training and Doctrine Command. And TRADOC's overall mission is to train leaders and and make develop doctrine based on war fighting. And and they then they go out and they inspect that doctrine to make sure it's being held too. They have what they call thirteen in TRADOC, and my it might have changed since I got out, but it used to be thirteen what they call centers of excellency that oversees the entire army uh to make sure that it's prepared for battle. And every one of those centers of excellency is is headed up by at least a two star general to make sure that the standard is maintained to the highest level. And and under a certain one of those excellence, you have like the academies, you know, like uh, where people go to the, the advanced course or the sergeant majors academy or command and general staff college and all this. And these centers of excellency is designed that they uh, hold the highest standard and make sure that people is ready for battle all across. And then ever so often they have, you know, they bring people in from all over the army to see if it's all working, you know, and to make sure it's being held. And they have, TRADOC has one command sergeant major, and his responsibility is to make sure that all the enlisted soldiers are being heard and that they are being held to the highest standard as far as training and doctrine is concerned. And then they have the reserve components that falls under TRADOC for to make sure they maintain the standard. And then all of the cadets, like ROTC schools and, and, and college ROTCs, all these are responsible under TRADOC to make sure that they are held to the standard. 
you know, and so therefore, so that's why the core values are are so important to the organization. And as I was saying last week, a lot of people struggle with the articles of faith of the organization because they don't know the doctrine. See, once you understand the doctrine, you are supposed to go on from that point to perfection. They see, that's why Paul says in Hebrews 6, he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let's go on to perfection. Say, as, as I was saying last week, in, in basic training, you learn the basics. How to march, how to salute, how to stand out of attention, how to fire your weapon, you know, how to go to the gas chamber, how to wear your protective mask, how to wear your uniform, how to dress, all these things, what you should and should not do, legal matters. All these things are learned in basic, see? And that's why once a soldier graduates from basic, they're to never forget it, see? And as a result, they know how to operate no matter where they go. So it's the same way in the church. You see, when we come into church, what's the basics? We repent of our sins. We get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. God fills us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So I don't need to teach that to you over and over and over and over. You expect that from that point to know how you were saved. See, now is our responsibilities to go on to perfection. There's a whole lot more doctrine. As I was saying last week, see, at the basic, now soldiers start going, they learn their MOS, they go to the advanced individual training center. And so now they learn their job. They learn what they're supposed to do and how that job affects them and how it affects the organization. Then after that, they go on to what they call primary leadership development course. If they're going to be in leadership, there's things that leaders must know, that leaders has got to always know the doctrine and how it all operates, see, because they're responsible to train others now under them, what? The doctrine, see. That's why in the church, if I say you're going to serve on my leadership team, then you're going to have to know the doctrine, you're going to have to hold to a higher standard than the people that are not in the leadership positions. See, because now you're responsible for training. That's like Sunday school teachers. They're responsible for what? Training the doctrine. You just can't go down there and start training what you want. See, because that's why a lot of churches are in trouble because people, there's every win of doctrine. Uh, you know, you're not... Eternal security, the doctrine of eternal security, you're not always saved. See, a lot of people teach that. You are not always saved. See, so you need to be aware that that's a doctrine that is out there. There's a doctrine called preterism that is out there. And preterism is basically saying that everything that Jesus spoke of was completed in 70 A.D. That's not true. So, you know... So preterism is another false doctrine that's starting to run rapid. There's another false doctrine that's running rapid out across out, out there now. People are saying that you can have the devil and Jesus at the same, the Holy Ghost at the same time. That's another false doctrine. You can't. He's not going to dwell in an unclean temple. 
You know, so the devil, you know, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So there's a book out there called Pigs in the Parlor. I don't know if you've ever read it or not. I can't think of the name of the author, but that's what they said. A lot of people has gotten a hold of this, and so that's what they're teaching, see? So you have to realize that, uh, that that's just some of the doctrines that is out there, you know, that you have to be aware of. And so it's as as you begin to grow in the truth of God's word, you have to understand Jesus says he will know my doctrine, whether I speak of myself or him that sent me. So therefore, you have to realize what truth is. Okay. now last week we was talking about what is the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization. See, a lot of people don't know the basic full of. Fundamental doctrine of this organization shall be the full doctrine of what? Salvation, which is repentance, what a baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and the infilling of the Holy Ghost through the initiative of signs of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord give the utterance. And we admonish brothers everywhere to not for their own uh, views to, to the disunity of the body of Christ. Say, we're called to be in a united effort. Say, the church is not divided. God doesn't have a doctrine for me and a doctrine for you. He's got one doctrine. Say, and we have to know that doctrine. That's why Paul says we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fit framely together and grow it up into a holy temple unto the Lord. As he told Timothy, mark them, I mean the church at Rome, mark them which call what? Offense contrary to the doctrine which you have received and avoid them. As he told Timothy, continue in the doctrine. For in so doing, you will save yourself and everyone else that hears it from you. See, Timothy was a, a young people, a preacher. And so therefore, Paul says, look, you continue. You stay in it and you're going to save you. And then as the preacher, as you're teaching it to the others, then they're going to get saved. See, so that's how it works. And that's why, you know, as I was saying, as a drill instructor, you know, I had to teach the doctrine. Say, I had to live the doctrine. And so, and as a result, so that when people heard what I was saying, I was teaching them how what? To survive on the battlefield. You know, if soldiers, you know, yes, some people get hurt and some people get killed. That's just war. But the majority of the people could live if they followed the doctrine. Say, it's the same way in the church. There's no reason for anybody to backslide. There's no reason for anyone to stop serving God and to walk away if they hold to the doctrine. Because the doctrine is designed to edify you, to build you up, to give you the clear understanding so you know what you're a part of. You know, most people that get hired for a job, they don't have a clue what the doctrine of that, that job is. You know, I used to tell guys all the time, I says, if you're going to go go apply for a job, find out what their doctrine is. What are their basic core values? You know, 
And I says, if you look at it, I says, and most of it now is out there on the web somewhere, or if you walk in that door of that organization, usually they're going to have something up there about what they believe and what they stand for. I says, if you just go in there and look around and say, oh, yeah, okay, I think I can do that. And I says, and when you fill out your resume, you put that in your resume to say, hey, I, I've noticed that your core values state this or your doctrine is this. And I believe I can be a part of that and enhance and I can bring to the table this portion to help make sure that the people are being, you know, trained in the doctrine and doing whatever. I say you probably get hired. Because they probably said, whoa, this guy or gal is 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 not some slough off. See, they are doing their homework in advance. See, but most people go to a job, they don't have a clue. And as a result, they get frustrated because they don't know how they fit into the job. See, when somebody hires you, you are supposed to bring something to the table. Say, to advance. Yeah, you're getting a paycheck. But you're supposed to be able to carry it further, say, than what you have. Say, you're supposed to take it to the next level, say, to make it better. If you take over an organization or part an organization or a work and you leave and it's not better than you came in, then did your job. You should leave it better than what it was when you left. Say, that's why doctrine is so important. So the basic fundamental doctrine, amen. Now, last week also I was talking to you about uh, in 1778 when Baron von Steuben uh, came to Valley Forge. He began to train the soldiers uh, in discipline and oh, good order, say, and as a result, he started teaching them how to march. He started teaching them how to do personal hygiene. He started teaching them how to load and reload their weapons faster and all this because that was part of the doctrine. And as a result of that, the Continental Army, you know, defeated the British, and now we are an American. But if, if somebody didn't come in and teach the doctrine, you know, how to do better than They'd have probably lost. We'd have probably still been under the British control. They'd be speaking British. <laughs> but, but think about it though, you know. And so therefore we have to make sure that we are hearing to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Amen. So last week we was looking at a few of the scriptures. Amen. That, uh, talked about doctrine. Go to second John chapter one verse nine. Second John chapter one verse nine. And John here, he's writing, uh, to the church. He says, whosoever transgress, transgress and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ have not God. Notice, if you don't stay in the doctrine, then you don't have Christ or you don't have God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, notice, you've got both the Father and the Son. See, because there's no separation between God and Jesus. They are one. John 10, 30, me and my Father are one. So if you're sinning, then God is not there, is what John is saying. 
See, the doctrine is designed to cause you to do what is right, to know what is right. See, that's why if I ask you what is the doctrine of holiness, what is the doctrine of holiness? Godliness, holiness, what is it? Separation. Why do I need to separate, Brother Terry? Come out from among them and be, come out from among who? The people of the world that's not like us, right? I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. I must insulate myself from those things that can cause me to not be what God wants me to be. See? That's the key to understanding the doctrine. See, when you understand it, then you understand I have to separate. You know, I remember when I first went in the army, the guys used to say, if the army wanted you to have a wife, they'd issue you one. <laughs> you know, you know, and they call uh, nasty civilians and stuff, you know. So, you know, but, but it, it, you have to get away from some things. See, I can't continue to be separated to God and continue doing the same things that I used to do. See, holiness pulls me apart. Look at Romans 6, verse 1 through verse 5. Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Says, God forbid. How shall we live, we that are dead, (laughs) how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Notice, repentance is what? It's death. You're recognizing, that's all repentance is, is you're recognizing, I'm wrong. I'm on the wrong road. I'm doing the wrong thing. So when I repent of my sins, I'm dying out to the wrongs. Say, God is a God of righteousness. Say, so when I say I'm going to be a Christian, then I can't keep doing wrong. The doctrine says, no, you don't do wrong. The doctrine says, here, let me teach you how to do what is right. Say, so when I repent of my sins... I'm dying to wrong. So I don't just keep going back doing wrong. Now I have to learn to do what is right. That's why in the military, after they come into it, they tell you right up front, yeah, you can't be doing that. You can't be using drugs. You know, you don't drink and drive. You know, you don't beat your spouse. You don't do all this stuff. You don't mistreat your children. All this stuff. All the wrongs. They just enforce it, you know, and, and they pound it in your head, you know, because why? You, you are part of something bigger, see? And so, and as a result, Paul says, know you not. Notice that as so many of us, as was what? Baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into his death. That like as Christ, therefore we were buried with him by baptism, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should be what? Walking where? In old life? Newness. A new life. 
and that that new life, amen, you know, for if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. See, I've got to change my way of thinking. You know, I, I used to say the thing, you know, to my soldiers, you need to get in your military mind <laughs> and not in your civilian mind. See? Because that's the, that's the key is, is our mindset. The whole thing about being Christians is the change of the mindset. And this is what Jesus is trying and the apostles is trying to get us to see that we have to change our mind. I can't think the same old way. I can't think that that's okay to keep doing that. I can't keep thinking it's okay to lie, to cheat, to steal because that doesn't work. See, that's why I repent it. I realize I was wrong. So if I realize I'm wrong and God forgave me of the wrong, why am I going to go back and do wrong again? You know, that's just like a person that, you know, that goes to court for a, a wrong. And it's their second or third time. Usually the judge is going to say, thing, you haven't learned your lesson. You know, as, as the first sergeant, as sergeant major in the army, I used to tell my soldiers the same thing. You know, one of the things the army came out with was, you used to call it a summarized Article 15. And the summarized Article 15 was basically, the soldier didn't lose any money, he didn't lose any stripes. It was just a legal tool to give the NCOs authority to put a soldier on extra duty, you know, to make them work after hours or whatever, and it would be legal. So that's why they came up with what is known as a summarized Article 15. But there would be times, you know, it was like saying to the soldier, okay, prove yourself you're a good soldier. See? But if he constantly came back over and over, I would say things you haven't learned. You're not learning the lesson. And so, therefore... You take stripes, or you take some money, or you put them on restriction, say, to give them a, a bigger wake-up call. And then if that didn't work, and you can send them to jail, <laughs> you know, or either you put them back on the street, say. So, but that's why you have to adjust your mind, say, when it comes to the doctrine, and that's why the doctrine is designed to teach you to readjust your thinking. So with holiness, you see, God is saying, hey, change your mind. Change your way of thinking. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, when you started getting into the word of God and the doctrine and understanding the doctrine of holiness and why God wants you to separate, say, you're drawn away from the things of the world and you're just drawn to God. And as a result, you don't do the same old wrong things again. Say, now the Spirit leads you. This is why Paul says in Galatians 5.16, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. See? 
Then he lists his 19 things, basically, that talks about, I mean, verse 19, but he lists some things that are the works of the flesh to what? Warn you. See? And then he tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is, or what the attributes of God are. And then he goes on and tells us they that are Christ's is what? Crucified. The flesh. See? Why do so many people struggle constantly with the flesh? If you're dead. That's why Paul keeps pounding that. You know, if you're dead, why do you keep struggling with the things that you killed? See? That's what he's trying to get you to see. you got to change your mind. People say, oh, I'm struggling with my flesh, my flesh, my flesh, my flesh. Well, bring it under subjection. See? Who's in control? Who has the power? If Christ is in you, then the Spirit leads and guides you. Know the doctrine. The doctrine of separation. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you unto myself, and I'll be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and my daughters. See, so notice the responsibilities to adjust now comes to me. See, when I read the doctrine and I understand the doctrine and the teaching of the doctrine, I have to adjust. See, when I used to teach my soldiers how to march and stuff, and every time you'd say right flank march, somebody would go the wrong way. <laughs> you know, so what do you do? You make them do a few push-ups, try to get their mindset changed. But then what I used to do to get them to realize real quick, the kids that just can't really was right from the left, I said, hold your right hand up in the air. So I make them march with their right hand in the air for a while. And I says, now when you hear me say right flank, I want you to turn the direction your hand is held up. You know? And as a result, they would. And pretty soon it start getting into their mind. Okay, when he says right, I need to go that way. When he says left, I need to go that way. And then all of a sudden, you got the unity begins to operate. See? And it's the same way when you start reading the Word of God. You're reading your Bible through, and all of a sudden, it starts speaking to you. What do you do? Cast it to the side? No. James says what? You become a doer of it. See, because it's doctrine. See, God is trying to show you where you are so you can make the appropriate adjustments and get in line with what he's trying to show us. Amen. So doctrine calls us to do what is right. So John says, whosoever transgress and abide not in the doctrine of Christ, have not God. Wow. And and we, we found out a couple of Wednesday nights ago in Ephesians 2, what? Paul says we were what? In the world, we was without God. We had no hope, right? He says, but God brought us in. So if God brought us in, I want to keep him. I don't want to ever be without God in my life. Say, I want to make sure I'm following the, the things of God. So continue thou in the doctrine which thou hast heard and your save yourself and everyone else 
that hears it from you. Amen. What are some doctrines about the one God? <laughs> I mean, what is the doctrine of one God? Excuse me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Deuteronomy 6, 4, right? So how does that speak to you? There's not a whole bunch, right? <laughs> and so therefore, we are to serve that one true God. That's what Paul, I mean, Moses told the children of Israel, you know, and he says, and these words which I command you this day must be where? In your heart. I should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And he says, now, because you are the leaders of your home, he says, you're responsible to teach this to your children. Talk about it when you're in your house. Talk about it when you're in the way. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it when you get up. Write it on your post of your door, your hands, frontless before your eyes. And notice what he says. He says, when you do this, you're ne- don't forget God. See? Keep, keep talking about it. When things get good, he says, don't forget God. See, there's only one God. And without controversy, Paul says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believe on in the world, and received back up in the glory. See? You've got to know this because everything else flows from that. See? If you never understand and can explain that there's only one God, and be supportive of it with the Word of God, you're going to struggle. Say, you'll struggle with everything, and the devil will know that. First John 5, 20. But unto us there is what? And we know that the Son of God has come, and have given us what? Understanding that we may know Him that is true, We are in him that is true, even his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God in what? Eternal life. See? So if I'm going to have eternal life, I've got to have Jesus. Neither is there salvation, Acts 4.12, and any other. For there is none other name on the heaven given unto men, whereby we must be saved. John 10.10, the thief come not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they may have life and that more abundantly. See? So we have to realize that there's only one God. And Jesus is his name. See? So you would probably, as you were going through the Old Testament, if you really want to see it really perfect, just read the book of Isaiah. <laughs> you know, he, he makes it probably plainer than most of the writers, him and John. And you read the Gospel of John, you, you know, and the epistles of John, you'll see it pr- pretty plainly by those two. And I think the reason John's 
gospel is so plain with it is because John wrote his gospel around 100 A.D., somewhere around there, 90 to 100 A.D. Uh, and so John realized that all the other writers and everybody has already brought everything into to unity. So his overall goal is to let you see through miracles and signs and wonders of the deity of Jesus Christ and who he is. And so it, it, it brings you into that clarity of understanding. Amen. So what is some of the doctrines, the doctrine of salvation? How about salvation? What is the doctrine of salvation? How do we obtain salvation? Obedience to the word of God. What do I need to do? Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and the Spirit of God give the utterance. And live a holy and separated life, right? Say, so this doctrine, it saves me. See? Because once I save me, now I have the ability to share it with you so you can be saved. That's what Paul is saying in 1 Timothy 4.16. You continue in it. See? You know what, how you got saved, now you share it with someone else. And they're going to know how to be saved. That's why he tells Timothy in First Timothy the chapter 1, verse 3, As I left you in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Ephesians 4, 11, Paul writing to the church, he says, And God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the fullness of the stature of Christ, that we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of darkness by the slate of men, the cunning craftiness, whereby they wait, lie, to deceive. But grow up into him is all things who is what? Christ. See, winds of doctrines. See, you got to be rooted. You got to be committed to know, study, to show yourself approved unto God, workmen that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. See, you have to understand these doctrines. Mark 16, 16. 15 through 18, go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents. If they drink any daily thing, it shall not harm them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, there's doctrines about laying on of hands. There's doctrines, you know. So you, you've got to know. You've got to know the value and the importance of doctrine and the doctrines of salvation. Amen. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. See? So you have to have this doctrine. Amen. Excuse me. And we saw last week that they was astonished at Christ's 
doctrine, in other words, his teachings. See, when, when you begin to teach the, the doctrine of Christ, because you've studied and you've learned, see, now this is what Paul is saying, present the truth in love. See, one of the things that will motivate people is if the people that are teaching is motivated. So you have to know the subject. You've got to know what you're talking about to edify yourself and to build up yourself so that you present it in love in a way that people capture it. You can do it sometimes with fun. And as a result, they capture it and they get a hold of it and they don't forget it. How many times have you heard certain messages that still stuck with you? And you talk about it a lot. Now, most guys and, and ladies that has been in the military, they can tell you some of the jokes and some of the stories and some of the things they went through in the military that was funny, but they learned from it. See? Because sometimes you have to have fun with, with what you're doing. See? And, and that way you see how it applies to you. Amen. So, so, so they was astonished at Jesus' teaching. They was astonished at the apostles' teachings. You know, even Felix, what? He trembled as Paul reasoned about judgment and righteousness to come. He went, whoa. You know, he was shocked. You know, when Jesus was upon the earth and he starts teaching, you know, they was totally amazed about some of the things that he knew. Say, but you, as you study, all it's going to do, brothers and sisters, doctrine just gives you more wisdom. That's what happens. So that you know what you know and why you know it. And why you live the way you live. And why you do the things you do. See, separation, the doctrine, come out from among them. See, you have to be, as Jesus says, what? A light set on a hill so you're not hidden. See, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength when you know. See, you know you're going to a better place. You know you, you know, you got God on your side. You understand these things and it edifies you and builds you up so that you can continue to teach others also. Amen. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Notice, read, study. Read your Bible through this year. Oh, I'm too tired. Really? Come on. You know, give attendance to reading. Other books. Remember what we're doing. We're going on to perfection. That's why Paul Peter says in Second Peter 2, I meant 3, 18, he says, but grow, say, in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow, grow, grow. Don't come in on the ground level and stay. Grow. You know, I used, when I first joined the army, I mean, back in the 60s and 50s, I mean, we had guys was E3s 20 years in the service. 
I'm serious. They, they can let them say that way. All they want to do is turn wrenches in the motor pool. You know? And we used to have what we call spec, all the way up to spec nine. <laughs> you know? And, and then the army changed it and says, no, we're going to start making people leaders. We're going to make you learn and grow and teach and do, you know. And a lot of people hated it. You know? <laughs> but that's, but that's how it was. They just didn't want to do anything. They didn't want to grow. You know, all I want to do is just turn wrenches. The army says, no, you're going to learn more. We need you to learn more. We need you to be able to train others. I don't need a, a 20-year guy in the military still down here t- turning wrenches. I need you to be the professional to teach the doctrine. So that's why they started making them everybody NCOs after they went to sergeant, you know. Get rid of the specialists. Yeah, you're a specialist in that field. You're supposed to be a specialist in that field. But we need you more than 20 years turning a rich. I need you to be able to show the private and the specialists and those under you why they're turning the rich and how the thing work. you got that knowledge and abilities. See? And this is what doctrine does as we grow in God. Is now I got to turn around and I've got to train. See, that's all Moses is saying to the children of Israel. Look, and you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture. They have the responsibilities now to train their families, to train them in the doctrine, to train them. It's not the church's responsibility. The church is just an extension. If you're lazy and you don't study and you don't read the Word of God and you don't apply what you're learning to teach your kids, it's not the church's fault. That's the same way with schools. It's not the school's fault if children don't learn as the parents. Say, you are responsible to teach them, to train them, to show them the truth, you know, of the doctrine. As I said, people struggle with articles of faith. They call them standards. I don't like that term, you know, even though they should be the highest standard, you know, because God is the highest standard. We should be up to that that thing. But it's called the articles of faith, what we believe as an organization. You see, but if I don't know the doctrine of Christ, I'm never going to know how the articles of faith applies. See? Like I said, there's so many things after I start learning the doctrine of the army, then I start realizing how everything applied. I understand how it all come together and how it supported. And that's why I said after I learned this stuff, I could stand on my head in the army. You know? It didn't faze me because I knew how the pieces flowed together. See? And as a result, it should be the same way in the church. When you and I know the doctrine, we should know how it all flows together and how it all works together. Amen. So Paul says, give attendance to the reading, to exhortation. Notice, remember I told you, probably the most overlooked gift in the church is exhortation. Building people up. Encouraging people. See? Isn't it amazing that that's a doctrine? Edification? <laughs> you know how to edify people? 
If you know the doctrine of Christ, that's all it is, is building up. Building up. Because people are going through so much in their lives, and what does the gospel do? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. Set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. To open blinded eyes. To bring them, in other words, bring them into a knowledge of something good. Something that edifies and builds up. Reach in and pull them out. See? That's why you have the doctrine. That's why the gospel is for you. To come on, build people up. Get them up. Reach in, encourage, edify, lift up. You know, come on, you can do this. You know, I used to tell the soldiers all the time when I was a drill sergeant, you can do this. You can pass this test. You can learn this. And they would, you know, just with a little bit of edification. You know, I can't run that for a drill sergeant. Yes, you can. You just don't think it. Renew your mind. Take your mind off what you're doing and put your mind on what you should be doing and you'll get there. Because that's what doctrine, that's all it is, is a mind change. See? That's what it's all, that's what it comes down to. It's a mind change. See? We'll, oh my, my time's gone. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more. We're going to talk about some more doctrines and, and a lot of things, but uh, study. Till I come, Paul said, give attention to reading, exhortation. Stay with the doctrine. Amen. You're going to save yourself. You ain't going to save yourself outside the doctrine. <laughs> okay. And you'll save everybody else that hears it from you. Amen. All right. Let's take a quick break. Amen. And come back for a dynamic service.